Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover, all for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5,000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5,000. Enjoy. One of my favorite guests, Nicholas Wapshot, international editor of Newsweek and an author. His newest book is entitled The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationist, and the Road to World War II. His book is available at www.wwnorton.com forward slash books and also amazon.com. Nicholas, happy Tuesday. Good to have you back with us, buddy. Very nice to be back, Leslie. Always lovely to be with you. <laughs> you know what? Um, when uh, I talk about a couple of the guys running, you may have heard of them. Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump may have heard of them. Sounds a little familiar, right? Uh, Bernie <laughs> Sanders, when he first, Senator Sanders announced that he was going to run, with the exception of, I think, Fox News Channel, nobody showed up. I mean, nobody in the media. And now... Um, Senator Sanders is getting uh, a lot of attention, getting a lot of steam, showing up on a, you know, a lot of the talk shows. And he and Donald Trump actually have something in common, which is they're both tapping into a lot of anger and hitting some of those buttons that push the frustrations of the voters out there left and right, right? Yeah, I agree with you. I think that you would imagine the financial crisis, which uh, completely threw the dice on the, our whole society in a great way, uh, left a lot of people very hurt and very angry. But it's now seven years ago, you know, 2008, 2015, and yet people are still fuming. And one of the main things, I think, is that we've had to pay the bill. Don't ask the Greeks. They know exactly about this. We've had to pay the bill. Ordinary people have had to pay the bill. And the people who got us into the mess seem to have just slid off into even better jobs than the ones they had before. I think that's a lot of it. And, I, and the interesting thing about the, the Trump and the Bernie Sanders thing is that there are angry pe- people on both sides. There are people on the left who are still upset about it, and the people on the right who are still upset about it. I think at least that's my guess what it's about. I'd really like to see some polling about knowing who it is who turns up to these events. I mean, I, I would guess that, you know, if there's a Trump thing in town, you go along for the laugh. Maybe it's just entertainment. Bernie's different, though, isn't it? Because Bernie's actually coming out with, I mean, democratic socialism hasn't been exactly on top of anybody's list if they wanted to get electable for more than a century in this country. And yet that's what he's he, he boasts that he's a socialist. He's not a member of the Democratic Party even. And yet he's drawing these massive crowds. And it takes a lot of explaining, and I think it is to do, it still goes back to that 2008, because what he preaches is about inequality and about how the middle class in America has been really pummeled by events, and uh, they, they've had to pay the check. And meanwhile, the, the difference between what they used to earn and what they earn today is nothing. Meanwhile, the very people who got us all into this mess in 2008, what they're earning is now everything. They've just eaten the whole cake. Uh, it, so that inequality thing we've spoken about before, about what the, to the French economist Piketty pointed out, about how in recent times uh, the capitalist system has just 
cause people to be uh, divided between the very, very, very rich and the rest of us uh, is, I think, uh, paying its toll on the political process. Because to be sweetly reasonable about this and come up through the middle, to be, let's say, and I, I won't say they're both reasonable, but let's say that Jeb Bush and Hillary Clinton are in the, trying try to uh, win an election in the middle ground, but these guys way out on the edges, and they're uh, certainly giving their uh, straighter, uh, more ordinary rivals uh, run for their money at the moment. It might be just maybe it's just because it's the stage of the race we're at, you know, uh, that people are really not paying attention, in which case, you know, everybody's getting excited. But, but you really have to explain the numbers. We're talking about more people are turning out to listen to Bernie Sanders than they are to Hillary Clinton. More people are turning out to listen to Donald Trump and his nonsense than any of the other uh, Republican candidates. When, when we look at the types of people that are being drawn, like you said, there are not any polls done, but do you think they're actually attracting similar people? Because some would say these are fringe elements of the left and fringe elements of the right, and there may even be some similar frustrations that are crossing over the aisle. Yeah, it, it, only polling would be able to tell us. It's my guess that the people who go to see Bernie Sanders are baby boomers, who say to themselves, you know, they're now in their 60s, 70s even. Uh, certainly they, they look very white-haired in the audience. So they look all of the Bernie Sanders generation, if you like. But I think for them, it's, uh, we've made enormous strides in uh, the way that society treats gay people, uh, minorities have improved, even though it's still not half good enough and so on, but some progress has been made. But when it comes to making a fairer society, which in a way was what a lot of the 60s was about, you know, hey, why don't we just share everything, uh, or, or at least make it a little more even. Let's not be sort of old school 1950s about it with uh, the capitalist kings in their castle and the serfs around the edges. I think that they maybe they're profoundly disappointed and they think that, uh, on the Democratic side anyway, that Hillary Clinton hasn't really addressed that. Though yesterday I see that she was pushed, and I guess this is all Bernie, she was actually pushed to say that uh, the events of 2008 were disgusting and she didn't like it at all, and if she were president it would be very different. But that's, uh, that, uh, I'm not sure that's entirely plausible from a, from a candidate who receives quite so much money from Wall Street. I mean, is she really going to roll her sleeves up and do that? I'm not sure. The Trump thing is a different thing maybe altogether. They seem to be, you know, your regular Fox News uh, people, you know, blue-collar people, disenchanted. They may have lost their job. They're in smokestack industries, or they've, uh, they've never got the break that they hope they got. They're sort of irritated by the, way, the cards that have been dealt them. And uh, here's uh, Trump, at least, uh, tweaking the noses of, of all the Republicans who say, hey, doesn't the system work terrifically and we need more of the same? Uh, I, I'd really, I'd, I must do this. I must actually go to a Trump meeting and I go to a Bernie Sanders meeting and I'll report back to you and tell you what's going on. All I know is that something really is going on. And if it can uh, stay until, well, it's a long way away, isn't it? It's, it's nearly 18 months still to the election. Yep, a lifetime. Year. A lifetime, ah, as you know. Nicholas, hang tight, sweetie. Hang tight. We're not going to take a lifetime to do this. We're going to do a quick, quick commercial break. We are back. Happy Tuesday. How you doing? I'm Leslie Marshall of The Leslie Marshall Show. If you could be more heart healthy just by drinking a glass of earthy vegetable juice daily, would you do it? Probably not, right? But what if the performance-enhancing vegetable was transformed into a great-tasting circulation superfood drink? I know you're saying, okay, well, now I've got your attention. It's called Super Beets. I can help you try it risk-free. 
Super beets are loaded with vegetable dietary nitrates, and those boost nitric oxide levels in your body. And what that means is, in English, an increase in energy and stamina with no stimulants. Dietary nitrates are incredible for supporting your blood pressure, healthy blood pressure levels as well. I drink super beets in the morning. I have energy. I can take it before the gym if I have extra long workouts in the afternoon as a pick-me-up without any jittery side effects. And plus, if you're saying, well, I'm worried about the taste, the taste is great, but now Super Beets also comes in black cherry flavor, so if it was the taste holding you back, you have no more excuses. You can get a 30-day bonus supply free with your first order. Also, beat the book. Get the book Beat the Odds. Free and free shipping, too. It is guaranteed or your money back. I feel confident offering this to you because when they sent it to me, I said, I can't give it to my listeners. I can't even share this with my listeners unless I try it. And what you say is going to happen happens. I drink Super Beats every day. I feel the energy it gives me within 20 minutes. And if you don't have that, you're going to get your money back. So try it. What do you have to lose? 1-800-305-6011. Or you can go to LeslieLovesBeats.com. That's 800-305-6011. Again, that number is 800-305-6011. Or log on to LeslieLovesBeats.com. That's LeslieLovesBeats.com. Back to our guest, Nicholas Wapshot, here on The Only True Democracy in Talk Radio, international editor of Newsweek and an author. His book, the latest book, The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationists, and The Road to World War II, at Amazon.com or www.wwnorton.com. Nicholas, we were talking about Bernie Sanders. We were talking about Donald Trump. We don't know if they're attracting the same people, if they're the same groups. But one thing that seems to be the same is these seem to be the types of people that feel ignored by everybody else. I don't want to say the bigger names because Trump is a big name and Bernie's becoming a bigger name, but the uh, political, uh, the, the inside the beltway known well as inside the beltway folks. Yeah, they're very different, aren't they? And the, I think that uh, it may be that actually these people don't actually vote in the end. It, I mean, they may, may be, I mean, we have a pitiful, as you know, turnout for voting. Yep. But what, country. 46%, definitely less well, than half pathetic. of those that registered it's votes. It's, it's, it's pitiful. If you, if you imagine the, the, the battles that uh, in history have taken place with people putting their lives on the line in order to establish the right to vote, it's a, it's a shocking thing that people don't bother to vote. But it may be that the people who are going to these, uh, they are extremes, though they're not extreme, if you see what I mean. I, I'm not quite sure what Trump is, actually. He's just a sort of populist. I think he'll say anything just to get a rise in the audience. So he's like a stand-up comic or something. But Bernie's rather different. Bernie's got a whole sort of uh, logic to what he says. He's, he's thought the same way for a very long time. He taps into a, an international tradition about how you can share the wealth, how its society would be better if everybody uh, shared a little more. Uh, and that is a, 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 an almost an old-school view, which he's finding a great resonance uh, among People rather like him. I think that Hillary would be a little more worried, mind you, if uh, Bernie Sanders was 45 rather than being whatever he is. He's 70 or something like that, isn't he? And I think that if it was a 45-year-old with, with thousands of 45-year-olds and younger coming out, uh, it would mean something else. But there's no doubt that there is something going on here. And it's, uh, well, I mean, both parties should really pay some notice. That they should be trying to work out what is it that's energizing these most unlikely sections of the community and these most unlikely, and in Trump's case, totally implausible uh, candidates 
that, uh, that, that gets people's passions excited. I don't think we're watching a sort of Obama too in Bernie Sanders. He would be a very odd sort of son of Obama, wouldn't he? But uh, certainly something's going on, and I'm, I'm waiting for some good cephologists, which is the fancy name for pollsters, to actually roll their sleeves up, get among these people, and try and tell us exactly who it, who it is they are, where they came from, do they ever vote? What did they vote the last time? I guess they may have voted on the left in Obama. But what did they vote on the, on the right on the last time, it, the, the, the Trump people? I don't think that they're the sort of uh, libertarians, for instance, who went for Ron Paul. I mean, Ron Paul was rather like Bernie, you know, a white-haired inspirer of young people in that sense. Uh, but the, but the, those uh, people are totally different. Some of them seem to have gone to Rand Paul, and the others seem to have disappeared. But what Trump has got is this sort of belligerent, blue-collar, sort of damn-them-all mentality. And uh, they really like this plain speaking, even though it's pretty brutal. Uh, you've probably been, I mean, it's, it's hilarious, of course, uh, if you are not a Republican, because it's so damaging to the Republican brand uh, to have, I mean, the, the great word of our time is disruption, isn't it? And it's, that's what's happened with the technological revolution. Everybody's had to reapply for their old jobs, including in the Republican Party, that sort of Buggins turn, whoever's next in line. If you've tried hard enough in the last two presidential cycles, we'll eventually give you the job. You know, it's the George H.W. Bush Bob Dole thing. And that old boys act is being really upset because I guess that Jeb is claiming that title, isn't it? You know, hey, it's, it's really mine. It belongs to our family. You know, it's, it's what we do better than anyone else. That's our family business ruling the country. Let, uh, let me just get on with it. And uh, Trump, of course, he himself comes, by the way, from from a pretty rich family. It's not as if he's uh, worked himself up from the bootstraps, but, uh, but he is able to talk to regular people in a way that they understand, and it must be frightening, I must say, to all of those uh, straight guys. What the hell can you do when you've got something like Trump, Trump sat on your doorstep, uh, haranguing everybody goes in and out of your house? I mean, it's a, it's a fascinating thing to watch. It might be just a fly-by-night thing. These things happen sometimes in politics. Uh, and I guess that what Trump has to work out is how much business is he prepared to lose before he gives up the fight? It's going to cost him a lot of money to stay in the game. I guess he will last at least until next month when the Fox News debates and uh, start going. You've got to be in the top ten there, and I guess he's got enough money to, be able to buy himself in, whereas the... A number of people, I mean, even the, the governor of Texas, Rick Perry, will be jolly lucky to get in that top ten, you know, because, uh, as, as, you know, he, he's an old school guy. You know, he thought, he thought the way up to success in the Republican Party was to be a good governor and get on with it. Well, you know, he thinks he's been a good governor anyway. And uh, he tried, you know, last time he might not be able to remember everything that uh, his uh, policy wonks tried to ram into his brain last time around, which himself is quite endearing. But he must look on Donald Trump and think, this guy is going to push me out of the race? I can't believe it. So, uh, hey, there's nothing more entertaining than American politics, which uh, I know, which is why you and I watch it much better than any, uh, any sports that you have on TV. American politics throws up these extraordinary things that you are left with your mouth open trying to explain. So the Trump-Bernie Sanders thing is a great start to this, uh, this 
this election cycle, where until about a month or two ago, everybody thought it was buttoned up, that it was Hillary on one side and, well, Jeb or someone else maybe on the other side. And thank goodness all of that's been upset. I'm very, very happy about it. <laughs> Let's take some calls, Nick. Listen, let's start out in Vegas with Jim on line five. Hey, Jim, how you doing? Good afternoon. Um, uh, my, my uh, you know, what, what's your position on this? You're a Bernie Sanders supporter you shared with um, my crew who screened the calls, correct? Boomer, and I'm in the pool here in Las Vegas waiting for you to come and visit. Okay. <laughs> anyway, my mom and dad retired. My father retired. He had two pensions when he retired from the police department, and he worked for the state attorney's office. My mother raised seven kids. And she got a job after all the kids got out, and she had a pension. So they had Social Security, both of them. They both had pensions. My dad always told me to get a government job. I didn't get a government job, but I had a real good 401K. I had two 401Ks and two IRA accounts. And when in 2008, I was worth almost half a million dollars. And then these banksters, these head of Bank of America and and um, uh, Wells Fargo Bank and these hedge fund guys, the stock market, I had most of my money in the stock market. I lost over $150,000. And these people out here, that uh, they're losing their houses. And not one, and I was a big supporter of, of Obama. And his uh, attorney general never prosecuted one of these banksters that robbed everybody uh, I'm not a big fan of Martha Stewart, but she went to prison for lying to the FBI and all these big hedge funds operators and the head of the banks. They never even got questions. So I'm very, very angry. And with uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders talking about the inequality now, and I don't have a Bank of America. I had three Bank of Americas, a business account and other. I canceled them and I have a local bank now, which I really like. If I have a problem, I go to them. But I'm so sick and tired of Hillary Clinton. I like Hillary. She's a wonderful person, but she's too connected. With just what you, your um, guest is saying. He, he, she's too connected. Bernie has been saying the same thing for 30 years. We need a little bit more equality. The minimum wage should definitely be $15 at least. And I'm just so disgusted with Obama. I love Obama. He's done a lot of good things for the gay and lesbian community. He's done a lot of keeping us out of wars, but he hasn't prosecuted one of these thieves. Nicholas, yeah, what do you have to say to in response to that? It's, it's, isn't it fascinating to hear Jim explain it quite so clearly as that? Did, uh, just, Jim, did you get your money back? You said at one stage you'd lost a lot of money. Did you actually have to sell at that stage? 30% of it has come back, but Only the rest, and, and then with the Republicans threatening to do away with, I finally got my first Social Security check. It's it's not much. I still have a couple of 401 and IRA accounts, but I'm just so disgusted. These young kids come out of school here at UNLV with a $100,000 student loan, and just like Elizabeth Warren and Bernie, they want to give college if you can qualify for it. But you you straddled for life paying off these loans. Yeah, it's true. Absolutely true. So it, I, I, mean, went to, I, I went end, to Kaplan College towards, yeah, to go, and President it's, Bush and the Republicans signed a thing that you cannot go bankrupt with a student debt. But Kaplan College, which is owned by a big corporation, they didn't, they didn't come through what they promised me 
at all. I have $10,000 in student loans with a pay-for-profit college, which should be illegal. I've hired a lawyer. I went to a class action suit. They promised me the world I could do this. 50% of the teaching is hands-on, which was all lies. Uh, we got job, uh, lifelong job placement service. Well, then they did away with their computer class, so now there's no lifeline. But they can go bankrupt. They're allowed to get their building. They, they can go bankrupt, and I have to, they can screw over all their purveyors. But I can't get a relief from their, them. And, I mean, I'm just so disgusted that they haven't prosecuted any. And what you were talking about before the break, they're still laughing. I mean, these guys are going to the bank. The head of Wells Fargo Bank made a $10 million bonus when all these people out in Las Vegas are losing their houses in foreclosure. And it's just ridiculous. I mean, if you do a lousy job, you're a waitress or a server, you don't get tipped. Why are these guys getting bonuses when they lost money? Yep. And it, I, I, I agree with you entirely. And I think that that is the success of Elizabeth Warren, who was also waiting in the wings. She's waiting for, to see what would happen. I, I, she's made pretty clear she's not going to stand against Hillary this time. But she's, she's got a life ahead of her, uh, and it, it'll be really interesting to see what Hillary does to accommodate uh, people like you, Jim, because, you, of course, you've got a point. And every, there are so many people who feel exactly the same, that, uh, that the system has let them down, because, after all, everybody should be the same in the eyes of the law. But, as you say, if you're a big crook, then it, you get away with it. And if you're a small crook, then they put you in the slammer, but, you know, for, for nothing very much. And so what, what, is, what is the logic in that? It's so irritating when, when a system works in favor of people who are already well off and constantly punishes the people who aren't well off. And uh, I'm glad to say that, uh, that this head of steam seems to be showing itself anyway in Bernie Sanders' support. And uh, I hope that it's going to change some democratic points of view. But I can't see, quite honestly, that even if Bernie Sanders was taken in a great tidal wave of excitement uh, and made the nominee, that he would win the election, which is one of the problems. Uh, if, if you can find someone who thinks like that, maybe Elizabeth Warren would have done that, but she's decided not to stand this time. But uh, I, I can't see Bernie making it all the way, in which case, Come the end of the day next year, you're going to have to vote for whichever of the two candidates you think has, has met uh, your objections to the way that things have happened in the last uh, 10 years or so. And there's no doubt there's been a sort of end of morality. There's no shame involved. That's a weird thing. These, these people who expect somehow that uh, because they're rich that you should take some notice of what they do, people like Mr. Trump, by the way, he's, he thinks that because he's rich he's a, he's a bigger and better person than the rest of us. And those people... When they get into trouble, they have absolutely no shame uh, and uh, as if they've done absolutely nothing wrong. Instead, they, they play a game of musical chairs, twitch around, and uh, each get each other's jobs. And as you say, no sooner had 2009-10 arrived and the banks had been saved than they were rewarding each other great millions worth of uh, bonuses which are based upon nothing apart from, I mean, a bonus used to mean you had to do something special. Now a bonus is just something that the people who are already paid enormous amounts of money give each other through uh, the remuneration committees they give each other in order to make themselves even richer. It is beyond belief to me, Jim. You're, you're absolutely right about it. 
Oh, Nicholas, we are out of uh, time. We have less than oh. a minute. Uh, but less than a minute, a sentence or two. What do you want people to come away with this, uh, uh, you know, knowing, uh, you know, are these two viable candidates? I mean, what do you want to say about Bernie and Donald in the, the last moment? I, I don't, I, alas, I mean, I, I think that uh, the, the further that Bernie can last, the better. So he's so well worth supporting. And uh, he's raised an enormous amount of money from very small donations. So that would be a good idea. Uh, I, I, I think that Trump is just a sort of firework, and he's enormous fun, and it'll be great to watch him uh, totally upset the Republican field. So I think in a way that uh, Trump, by the way, has given a lot of money to Hillary Clinton in the past. So he's given his money in all directions. He just buys people. That's what business people do. But uh, now he's on his own. Uh, I wouldn't give a cent to him. I think he's rich enough to do it. But uh, in a way, good luck to him, because what he's doing is obliging the Republicans to be a little less complacent about where they stand. They can't depend upon the same old homilies, pressing the same old prejudiced buttons in order to get their base excited. Now they've got uh, Donald Trump uh, you know, haranguing them from the, from the sidelines. It's going to be a, it's a wonderful thing. Book your August seats in front of the, of, the, of, the, of the debate. Never mind American Idol. This is the best. Uh, that, that, that's it, right? Yeah. Yeah. They'll, be, they'll be singing. They'll be singing a different song. Uh, and uh, it may not be on key, but they'll be singing a different song. Nicholas, you know we love you. Uh, Nicholas Wapshot, Twitter, at nwapshot. That's W-A-P-S-H-O-T-T. And read his great writings at newsweek.com, where he's international editor there. Also, check out his book, The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationist, and The Road to World War II. You can get it at Amazon and also www.norton.com. How to show up with Coca-Cola energy. You're tired and you're thinking of canceling on your friends. Don't do it! Every time you cancel on a friend, a unicorn loses its horn and becomes a regular horse. Do you really want that on your conscience? Instead, grab an ice-cold can of Coca-Cola energy with delicious Coke taste and reinvigorating energy. Keep the unicorns alive. Show up every day with Coca-Cola energy. Energy you want, taste you love.